Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, good morning, Matt. Hey, Mike. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing okay. It's another day, and we're here together to dive into the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and last time, I believe, we left off with peacekeepers. Yeah, we talked about the first of the Beatitudes, as they're called. Um, And we did. We left off on peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Uh, correct. I stand corrected. Peace. There's a big difference. There is a huge difference. We covered that last week. Um, you know, I for most of my life, I can probably say I was a peace ma- uh, peacekeeper, and not a peacemaker, to my detriment. And I can right. see, I can definitely see uh, the damage that can be done by just being a peacekeeper. You never actually address any problems. Peacekeepers don't really keep anything. They just keep their mouths closed. That's what they do. Yeah. And and just go with the flow and make it's kind of like people pleasing. Not making waves. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Don't rock the boat. But peace a peacekeeper. A peace a peacemaker. Peacemaker say, hey, let's fix the problem. Yeah. Let's talk let's about this. Let's address it. And so then we never have to do this again. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're aggressive or angry or or bitter, it actually is a very virtuous trait to be a peacemaker. Jesus was a peacemaker. Peace with God, peace with the kingdom, peace in yourself, uh, reconciling relationships. Those are the hardest things to keep peace in. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. Uh, So the next one down is... Yeah, let's see if we can get through the Beatitudes today. This so, will be fun. I will read the rest of the Beatitudes. There's not very many. Starting at verse 10. We're starting at verse 10. So God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And I know we talked about it before, but I don't think in the U.S. where this really apply. I don't feel like we get persecuted here as, as believers like they did. They do in other parts of the world. Yeah, I would um, agree. In fact, I I would say. Maybe that's even a bad thing because people take their faith or their, you know, spiritual freedom here for granted. Yeah. And a lot of places, they'll chop your head off. If you're, if they think you're a Christian. Cut off your fingers, take your fingernails. They will kill you. It's bad. 
Right, and drag you in the street and right. torture you. And to you death. can go to you can go to jail in China for having a Bible. Right. So, you know, you see in Acts as we walk through after Jesus ascends to heaven and the Holy Spirit falls on all flesh, all people, that persecution actually drives the church to go out. And so, uh, in Acts, when the when um, Herod comes against the Christians, it comes against the way, and he starts to persecute them. It says they all scatter, and they go to all parts of the earth. And so it almost seems persecution uh, furthers the kingdom of God. Like, you just can't stop it. And that that comes down to, is my, is my faith, am I standing and saying this is worth dying for? Yeah, and that's something to contemplate. I believe I am. And, of course, yet I haven't been tested by fire in that either. So right. So we, we look at this. And let's it's easy it to down. say that now. Right. But, it's easy to say it. Right. But. Uh, I'd like to think that I would stand up for Christ if everything, you know, they said, well, we're going to we're gonna kill your little girl unless you renounce Jesus. Right. And those are things that we haven't seen anything close to that. The the persecution we've seen here, uh, you might get made fun of. We've given up our rights as believers in public places. We've let government take over our rights to carry a Bible into school or pray in public places. Or, you know, there's this semblance of the beginning of a possible persecution, but we still haven't seen it. Nobody goes to jail for praying in America, you might get fined. You might get mocked a little bit. And I guess you know, it does say, I you think know, that, I think there's, there's some places where they got, you know, if they're protesting in a, you know, certain places and they, and they feel like they're causing a disturbance, you might get disturbing the peace and go to jail. Well, and, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like you're going to go to prison for a significant period of time and, or die. But no, it's it's not get put on a stick and lit on fire. No, they don't do that. Crucified on a cross. They don't do that here. Beheaded in the street, shot by the military police that they have, and yeah, we don't we don't see that here. See, that's just so crazy to me that that even happens around the world for believing in God. Yeah, I didn't, and for having a relationship with Him, it, that just seems that just seems nuts to me. I I can't even understand that. Right, but those people. Over there, the Christians, the believers, the brothers and sisters in Christ that are overseas, that are in these countries that uh, suppress the gospel, their faith and their passion for making disciples, for spreading the gospel, for growing in their relationship with Christ, they're, they're so much more dedicated than I would say a lot of us in America are. Because let's face it, you wake up on a Sunday morning. And, well, you know, this is my only day off. I don't know if I can actually take time to even get up and go to church. Yeah, it's not It's not Easter or Christmas, is it? Yeah, is it a holiday? Did yeah, I miss something? I, I don't know. It makes, it makes, you know, familiarity kills relationship. A very wise person in my life says that familiarity kills relationship. And it's like, we're so comfortable and familiar with Sunday church gatherings. It's like, Oh, it's the same old, same old. And I just really not doing anything for me. It's not like those things are important, 
But how do we pursue our relationship with Jesus? Because persecution, and, and trust me, these are thoughts that I've had many times over the last 10 years. Persecution for the name of Jesus, for the gospel, the kingdom of God, when it really comes, if, you know, what if, uh, what if I'm, I'm put in prison and tortured and, you know, this is to damage my faith, to make me renounce Christ. What if they damage my, my voice? What if I'm unable to sing ever again? What if they cut off my fingers? I can't ever play an instrument again. Those things are like, wow, it, would I be able to withstand that? Because that's such a huge part of me. Yeah. And well, I hope that we never find out. I really don't want to see that happen. I, I, you know, I would, yeah, I hope we never do. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it just, you know, we have our constitution and we have freedom of religion here and it's, it's just, it's a, America's an awesome place. And, but then I, again, Jesus says, you will be persecuted for my name. If right. they hated me, they're absolutely going to hate you. And so I almost think it's naive of us to think, even in America, that persecution can't come here. Now, I'm not saying some of the things that has happened over the last two years, three years, isn't, you know, maybe a setup for a possible Christian Christianity persecution. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what's and coming. things can change pretty fast. I mean, it's it's possible, and especially if we're talking about if we're living in the end times, circumstances can change. You know, in a relatively short period of time. Very, very short. I could wake you know, up dang tomorrow. near overnight. Yeah. So when you read this, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. And utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely, on my account. Rejoice and be glad. It's easy to read that, but to think, what does that mean? And would I be able to stand up to that? Because if all I'm doing is checking off my box on a Sunday that I made it to church, I don't know that my relationship is solid enough to say, yeah, this is worth dying for. This is worth being maimed for. This is worth losing everything I have for. And it's not that I hope for that. Trust me, I don't hope for that. I'm a spoiled American. I like being spoiled and comfortable. For sure. But my relationship, I'm hoping, with Jesus is so solid that if that time would come, as he says when he's talking to the disciples, when they drag you before the magistrates and the Sadducees and, and the chief priests, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because the Holy Spirit will empower you and give you the words to say in that moment. Just be in the relationship. And that's where I hope that I would be. Right. And I really admire those people that are on fire for the Lord and they feel like, hey, I need to go to other parts of the world that are, uh, you know, where you do get persecuted and risk everything and go there and preach the gospel and share and share my faith, even though I may, I may die. Yeah. And I've heard stories about people that go over there and get, you know, and, and the lady almost got her head chopped off with a machete and it glanced off her forehead and she's got a big scar across her head and, and, you know, just 
she barely escaped with her life and yeah and it's just it was it was a hor- i mean i I've, I've heard dozens of horrible stories about christians being persecuted absolutely. in other parts of the world yeah, absolutely we we are insulated here in america but it may not always be that way yeah and so you know we were talking about one of the stories that is in acts that's past past the sermon on the mount by a long ways um but it's funny because it involves peter and you remember peter right he I was do. he was the guy that was so scared when Jesus was arrested that he denies him and runs away. He he can't even say, yeah, that's my friend, let alone stand up for him. He runs away. And and he's and you know, there's I mean, there's a whole story around that. But then after the Holy Spirit falls on the day of Pentecost and they're all baptized in the Holy Spirit and Peter stands up and he does this huge, huge sermon that brings three thousand people to believe in the name of Jesus. This Peter is arrested and brought before the council, the Jerusalem council. And they tell him, you know, they're, they're not happy that they're still preaching Jesus. You know, they killed the guy. They're trying to hide his resurrection. They're trying to deny that anything has ever happened. And these, the Peter and these apostles are still out preaching and they tell him to stop and they and they don't and they say we have to listen to god rather than man and what does it say in uh verse 38 38 nope yeah 38 it starts and there's the one pharisee is saying hey if this is from god you can't stop it but if it's not from god they're going to stop just because it's their own power and so they bring him back before and they tell the disciples uh they call him in. They say, do not speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And they beat them and they charge them to go out and be silent. And then they let him go. And it says that they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day after that in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Jesus is the Christ. If we get beat in today's society, <laughs> it it seems far fetched. Yeah, it does. But do we ever think about what does it mean? Blessed are you who are persecuted. Am I building a relationship solid enough with Jesus? that I would be able to withstand even something like that. Being brought before the judge and jury of the high of the of the uh, Supreme Court and they beat me. Okay. They tell me to be quiet and they send me out and say if you preach this name ever again, it's gonna be bad for you. Okay, but there I think there are I would say rare instances in this country where this does happen. You know, the Columbine shootings. Okay. Okay. The they walk into the they walk those two two screwballs. Yeah. Murderers, mass murderers walk into the library at Columbine High School and they're like, Who believes in God here? Who believes in God? And they walked up to that one gal and that one girl and she was praying. And he's like, You believe in God? And she said yes. And then they Yeah. Reportedly shot and killed her. 
So she was persecuted, and she said, and she said what she was supposed to say. Yeah, I would say so. And she's in glory right now, and she's honored for that. That's the way I believe. I would believe so as well. And and those guys aren't. (laughs) I would have to say they're not. They're not in the same place she is. I would. I would say I'm not going to play the judge on that. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's best that you don't, but I have a pretty good idea where they are. Let's put it that way. We could probably we can assume, yeah. We can we can speculate pretty uh, simply on that one. Yeah. So people do get persecuted, not to the degree like you do in like say Iran. So overall as a as a culture, yeah, we aren't being persecuted as as Christ followers. Yes, it does happen and and you know, I would say in those moments, the only the only way you have that kind of strength is the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus says he sends the helper. He goes back to the Father to send the helper because he knows without the helper, without the Holy Spirit, we're going to pull a Peter and say, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who that guy is. No, I'm not part of him. What? You, you silly. So I guess the bottom line is, are you willing to stand up for your faith? What does that look like? Have you ever had to do that? And how did it feel after you did? Yeah. And it should feel good. You would be, you think this is where that joy is. Joy is not happiness. It's just like when uh, Paul and Silas are in prison, they're in the stocks, they're being held and, and they're they're arrested because of again preaching the gospel of Jesus. They're sitting in their cells singing, singing, worshiping God. Right. That's not happiness. I don't think I'd be happy. I'm I'm happy. Thanks for arresting me. No, but that's joy, and joy is so much deeper and more than a feeling. It's knowing that I have a God who is for me and has a better plan for me, and that this is a temporary dwelling. Doesn't feel like it, but it is. <laughs> yeah, and we're really lucky here in America where this stuff doesn't happen to us. And I, we take our faith for granted. And that's it. And someday it may not be that way. Yeah. So, and you look at the statistics of, of church attendance or, or membership, as it were, whatever. It's gone down dramatically, drastically over the last, especially 20 years. If you look at the last 20 years, church attendance is almost like an afterthought. Do I really? I don't even need to go to church. I can love God without going to church. That's a good, that's a, that's a popular statement. Then I will agree. You can, but you're also not following what he asks and tells us to do to gather together and encourage each other and lift up the body of Christ, which is the church. Sunday doesn't, that's a part of the church. Gathering with people, studying the word, encouraging men's groups, Bible studies, serving projects. All these things are the gathering of the church. And it's becoming less and less popular to be a part of that. Right, and you have to. There is there is some persecution. Like I, I know that there's court cases and stuff when people want to have a prayer before a football game. Right, They're, right. I mean, and they have to go to the mat and say, "Okay, is this allowed or not?" Right. Do we have freedom of religion or not? Right. And they're like, "Well, I guess you do." I think a lot of times it's 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 finally been, 
it's it's finally been ruled that that it's okay to have a prayer before you know a non official prayer before whatever that mean, whatever that means before a football game. Right. But still, the I think when Jesus is talking about the persecution, it's it's something I don't dwelling on it is dangerous because dwelling on it can bring you to a not healthy place in your mind. But I think am I I think the better question is am I solid enough in my relationship that I can withstand all things? As the verse says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not about scoring a touchdown or making a million dollars or uh, all these material things. It's talking about I can be content in all things. This is when Paul wrote that verse. I can be content in plenty and I can be content with nothing. I can be content uh, in prison. I can be content free. I can be content. And that's where he says I can, I've learned to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that comes from that relationship that because we we said it last week we cannot do this stuff on our own that's correct yes i I believe that yeah i you know you shouldn't have to be persecuted for your faith it seems it seems a silly thing to be persecuted for your faith to you know it, it seems it seems just odd to me that other people would in the, around the world would be tortured over this, but yet it happens, and we're insulated from that. And I'm repeating myself, aren't I? I've already said this, <laughs> but we are, and we don't think it. I think just dream, bringing awareness is important to think through. Jesus says, "You don't, you don't build a house without first adding up the cost of the material." And adding up the cost of the labor and okay, making what sure is, that you can finish this project. Uh, what does that mean to you as far as that metaphor for your faith, though? I mean, how does, like, because you don't think about, I didn't think about the cost when I was eight years old and I accepted Christ into my heart. Right, no. I didn't think about the cost. It's like, I need a relationship with the Lord. This could be dan- dangerous. I this didn't, I dangerous. never had to say, hold on a second, let me talk to accounting on this. But, I never <laughs> <laughs> Do I have the gold for this? I don't know if I do. But I think it's an ongoing process. You know, you have these major projects, and then you have additions, and you have uh, upgrades and whatever. You don't start any of that without first considering the cost. And, and, and you know, sometimes there's, it's kind of like the parable of the sower, and um, you, you get really excited and really, really passionate about it right at first, and then, and then you go out, and the sun hits you, and you get scorched, and you go, I, I, don't, I don't think I can do this. Do you think yeah. it through? Okay, following Jesus. Do how is and it's more of a personal question again. Uh, how is my relationship? I can't tell you, Matt, how your relationship is with Jesus. I can't be like, oh, you need to do this and this and this and this because it's your relationship. I can say, hey, how's it going? Do you uh, do you talk to him? Do you read his word? Do you? Uh, spend time just listening and, and being in his presence. Like, how, how's your relationship? And you know, and I don't need to have a checklist for you, but it comes out in our actions. It comes out in our boldness. It comes out in our, uh, in our works. Faith produces good works. Yeah, and I think you know you want to you want to serve the Lord, and if you have a good relationship with the Lord, you want to do good things, and you, 
and you want to talk about it. You want to talk about real things that really matter. <laughs> see what I did there? I see that. <laughs> and, you know, you want to explore these things and you want to dig into the word and see what does this mean? Yeah. And you want to talk about it with other people that, have, you know, they're curious about it as also. Yeah. And, and you want to be passionate about your relationship because God doesn't want you to just check the box and say, okay, thank you for checking the box and going to church once a week. That yeah. really, that really shows that you love me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you went to the Christmas Eve service also. That helps. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. God doesn't want that. He he'd wants ra- he'd rather you, He'd rather you not show up at all if that's just, if that's your attitude. You're going to show up two or three times a year. Right. Right. He's like, what about all the other, what about every day? Yeah. How, how you, about Monday? Right. Do you, do you talk to the Lord every day? Do you get into his word every day? Do you pray every day? Yeah. You go to him in good times and in bad times. Right. He's not just a vending machine that, oh, it's a bad time now. I hope God's going to show up. No, because of my relationship yeah. and and the reconciliation that Jesus has brought me to the Father, I am able to hear him in all things, at all times, in every situation, so that if these extreme measures do come up, I would be able to stand on a firm foundation, on a solid rock. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's our goal with this entire podcast is, and you know, we may seem to ramble. We may talk about things that you're like, oh, what does that matter? It matters because these are things Jesus said. This is how he lived. This is a way to apply it in our world today that is so... uh, lackadaisical when it comes to the moral values of Jesus. We can't create our own truth, but yet we're told that that's how we're supposed to live. So we talk about this. We ask questions about this. We pray about this because this is the truth. Jesus is the way, and it's the only life that we can expect to have that is fulfilling. Yeah, right on. Spot on. I couldn't agree more, bud. Yeah. I, you know, I just... I've enjoyed, you know, this podcast with you so much, and I'm just glad we're doing it. And I love you, Mike. I love you too, Matt. And we love you listeners for tuning in and hope that you're sharing this and getting the word out, uh, especially to those that may have questions about what is Christianity and who is Jesus. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's Word to find out what it says and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at mikematrealthings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at mmrealthings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.